Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, my guest is Ryan Reifert, who is from the Law Office of Ryan Reifert, PLLC. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate you having me on. So, Ryan, tell us some about you and why is it that you got into studying law? Yeah, sure. Well, um, so the, uh, the first kind of inkling that I had that I might want to be a lawyer was way, way, way back in high school when I thought, well, you know, maybe two or three things that I wanted to do. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you a brief, funny story. My parents worked down the hall from this elderly attorney at the time. And I went and shadowed him for a couple of days and said, you know, sir, I think I want to be a lawyer. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do? Um, and he looked at me and said, well, why do you think you want to be a lawyer? And I, you know, I'm this bright eyed little high school kid. I'm like, well, sir, I, you know, I really like to argue with people. And he looks at me and goes, son, just get married. um but anyway you know i i I enjoy it it's a it's a profession you get to kind of exercise your brain stretch your brain you get to help people um there's a lot of variety day to day um it's uh i i i enjoy it it's a good profession so you know i mean you're out on your own now what did you do before you kind of decided to go out on your own and why did you decide decide to to step out on your own and hang your shingle Sure. So I, I started my career in, in big law, uh, did several years in, in very, very large law firms, um, both, you know, well over a thousand lawyers, you know, multiple law offices all, all around the globe doing big, you know, I, I think the biggest deal that I ever worked on those was 7 billion, you know, massive, massive transactions. Um, and then realized that I wanted to do things other than work in my life and kind of wanted to work in a little bit of other balance. Um, so then I went and became a startup general counsel, did that for about three years. And that was, um, I kind of got more variety in, in my plate, but, uh, was still, you know, working every bit as hard, had all the crazy nights. Um, and then so decided to hang a shingle and still have the crazy hours. So I haven't found the work-life balance yet. Um, but I, I now have more control over my time, let's say. Um, and you know, if I want to kind of get out of the office at six and go to the gym for two hours and then boot back up once I'm at home, 
that's a lot. I have a lot more flexibility to do that than I did previously. Um, and as well, the area that I'm in, which is San Antonio, Texas, um, kind of, I feel like, so I'm, I'm from San Antonio originally, and then I moved away and moved back, et cetera, et cetera. I sort of feel like there's some room in the market for some high quality solos to provide services where, you know, maybe a lot of other markets look a little bit different, but I, I think there's room in the market here and, um, it's, it's been good so far. Yeah. So it's, it's great that you have that, that, that big business experience to be able to bring to, you know, small business, which, which again, all of us are small and, and we need that, um, you know, somebody with that knowledge um, to be able to bring to us. So I think that's, that's really important. Every, every mighty oak tree was an acorn once upon a time. Right. So, so tell us, um, what are some of the common mistakes that you are seeing people, you know, make when they're, when they're starting up their business? Yeah, sure. So one of the, uh, one of the biggest ones is not setting up an entity properly. Right. So everybody's heard about on Formula LLC, Formula LLC, Formula LLC. And that's good that that education is getting out there and I'm in favor of it. Um, it's only half the story though, right? Because if you go talk to a lawyer and I have people who come and talk to me, I'm like, look, you Formula LLC with the state, but there's two, three, four other documents that you need to get to really kind of build that wall. Right. And if you think about where the rubber meets the road with LLC, corporation, partnership, whatever, is if you get some sort of lawsuit, some sort of liability, and that appears, what you want to do is be able to say, look, this liability stops at the business and doesn't spill over to my personal financial holdings. It doesn't spill over to my bank account, doesn't spill over my car, house, whatever. If you don't have all of the documents done correctly, you can do what's called piercing the corporate veil. And people probably have heard that phrase before. You may or may not know what it means. But what that means is you get to look behind the entity and you say, hey, you had this LLC on paper that was formed, but you didn't really do what you were supposed to do. So because you didn't follow the rules of the LLC, we, the people who are suing you, also do not have to follow the rules of the LLC. So we're going to get at you personally. So I see people show up with, you know, either they've done a certificate of formation, they don't have their operating agreements, minutes, bylaws, resolutions, all that other stuff. They have one of the three, four pieces that they need. Well, okay, that's, you know, it's a good start, but it's not enough. It's not sufficient. Or on the other hand, what I will see uh, very commonly is people who use, for example, an online provider and I know a lot of lawyers like to hate on their documents. I think a lot of the online providers, the documents are good. They're, they're quality documents. The problem is when you get that like multiple choice quiz with one of these things, if you answer some of those questions wrong, you're going to have a set of documents that is inappropriate to your situation and might actually end up hurting you. And I've had to go back and fix, you know, multiple sets of these incorporation, LLC formation documents that, hey, it would have been a lot cheaper if you just hired a lawyer the first time. Now, if you know enough and you're confident that you can answer all of those multiple choice questions correctly, great. I mean, I, I think there's absolutely a space in the market for some of the online providers, but if you don't answer the questions right, you're going to get, you know, you need a size 10 shoe and you get a size four, right? Like it's, right. It's, it just doesn't fit. It's not the right thing. So, you know, in there, you, I mean, you're talking about the, you know, the kind of formation and stuff like that, um, you know, and, and you did uh, mention operating agreement, 
you know, where I've run into a lot of people is, is, you know, multiple owners and they mm -hmm. don't have this operating agreement. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the complexities that that brings? Sure. Um, if you don't have an operating agreement or if you don't have a good operating agreement uh, or right, so operating agreements or LLC for a corporation, we call it bylaws for a partnership. We call it a partnership agreement. Fundamentally, it's, it's the same document with different features. It's a rule book. So if you and your partners get in a disagreement, decide to go your separate ways, one of you starts slacking off, uh, one of you wants to sell out and the others don't, et cetera, et cetera, this operating agreement is kind of your, your rule book. It's like a business prenup for how you're going to handle these situations. If you don't have one or if you don't have a good one, you're probably going to be writing a check that has five figures in it to some litigators to go fight that out in court. Right. Whereas on the front end, it would be a fraction of that cost to do it correctly the first time. Right. I think that that's something that's important for the listeners to, to for me to emphasize is, is that it's much cheaper to do this right from the beginning than to, to go back and either pay somebody to correct it or unfortunately find out the hard way that, that, that they didn't do something that they should have. Right. I mean, showing up in, I, I think a lot of people, who are just starting out in business don't realize just how expensive a lawsuit can get, right? If you if you and your partners decide to take it all the way to a jury trial, you could easily spend a hundred thousand dollars, easily, wow. easily. I, it's just I mean, lawyer time is not cheap, and you know, doing it correctly the first time can save you a lot of money. Right. Now you also practice uh, estate law. Correct. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, if, if someone is in business with, with partners, you know, pick your entity, um, and they don't have a good operating agreement, and one of the partners passes away, how does that, you know, transpire, you know, go into the estate or trust, or does it go in, or, or how does that, how does that work? Right. So if, if you don't have a good operating agreement, um, then the shares that the deceased partner had uh, in the company or in the partnership in the LLC, those shares would pass to their heirs, just like if they had a pile of gold coins or an antique sewing machine or anything else that's in their estate, those shares in the company are going to pass to whoever would take over, whether it be under a will or heirs at law or what have you. And you may be, you may have some affection for say your business partner's kids, or you may have some affection for your business partner's wife, brother, sister, whoever their heirs would be. That doesn't mean that you necessarily want to be in business with that person, right? Um, and, and I would also add to that, um, another thing that you see, uh, and if you've, you know, talked to a life insurance guy, the life insurance folks love to pitch buy sells. It's also the same thing if you get divorced in a, at least in a community property state, right? That any property acquired during the marriage is community property. So guess what? If your business partner gets a divorce, you are now in business with the, uh, disgruntled ex-spouse and get ready to have some fun. Um, so having, having a, something like a buy sell is good. You can also roll something like that into an operating agreement, you know, write a first refusal or some kind of push pull, something like that, um, that allows the remaining partners to both 
keep management of the business in a way that they want to continue to manage it and continue to make money for everybody, but also to protect all the partners, right? Because, you know, a lot of these agreements, when, 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 when we're making the agreement five, 10, 20 years before, I don't know whether I'm going to die or you're going to die, right? right? So, so the agreement that protects the business uh, and also you want it to protect your heirs as well, because it very easily could be that, you know, I'm the one who passes and you keep the business. Well, I don't want my kids to go get kicked out on the street and have to live in a cardboard box and whatever. I mean, I, I want them to be taken care of as well. So it's important for everybody to agree on, look, here's, here's how we're going to continue the management of the business. And here's how we're going to ensure a fair price and et cetera. You know, we kind of touched on a little bit about, you know, setting things up and, and, uh, you know, some of the, the mistakes people make when they first kind of start. What are some of the questions that you wish that that people would ask you when they, you know, sit down with you for a consultation? I get a lot of people who kind of, they, they, they get given advice by, I don't know who, but they get not necessarily great advice. So um, I very commonly get, hey, I want to do a DBA um, or in, in Texas, we call it an assumed name. Um, and I, 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 a lot of time have to kind of back them up and say, look, well, what are you trying to get out of a DBA? What's like, what's your goal? And I think I get the question enough and, and I, I haven't actually gone and done this, but there must be some bad business book out there that tells people that DBAs are equivalent to LLCs. And they're absolutely not. They don't provide any liability protection it's a nickname. It does not insulate assets. It does not provide any protection. But I get the question all the time. You're like, hey, I need help forming a DBA. We don't form a DBA. It's just something that you go file. And I wish people would ask me, um, hey, what's, start with the goal, right? Hey, what's the best way to protect myself? Instead of, you know, I, I, I think I can do this legal research on my own. And I'm pretty sure that what I need is a DBA, so let me go ask this attorney how to form a DBA. Well, don't start there. Start with what are you trying to accomplish? And I mean, we go to school for a long time and we train under other attorneys for a long time to learn how to advise clients and like, okay, if your goal is X, then you need to do ABC to get there. If your goal is Y, then you need to do this other thing to get there. Those are, you know, the, the, the path to get to that goal is something that we spend a lot of time and money and pain to learn Right. So you doing five minutes of research on Google, you know, can sometimes be counterproductive. Yeah, I, I think lots of times, um, because I know when, when people come in to me, and, and again, the same thing. It's like, oh, I want to set up an LLC. It's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to start up a business. It's like, okay, well, what kind of business? Because, you know, that ju just an LLC may not be the right thing for you. We may need to 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 look at a different entity structure depending on what you're trying to do it, it, and it's so hard sometimes to get people just to have that conversation with mm -hmm. you and most of us and and I'm sure you do the same thing most of us you know give people a free consultation initial consultation yes we're hoping that you're going to do business with us but tell us the story and then let us help you put it together because like you said we got years of experience of doing this um I think one of the, the other mistakes that I see a lot of people, you know, making with this is just that they don't let you and I talk. I mean, to me, 
you know, the conversation should really be with the attorney, with the CPA that they have advising them to talk about, hey, from a tax standpoint, this is what I see. And then you as the attorney, it's like, well, okay, that's, I see where you're coming from, but there's other other ways to skin the cat from a legal standpoint. And, you know, you have your specialty in your state um, and you may be licensed in other states, but each state is different, correct? Also, yeah, also true. You know, so- and you have different rules from state to state. Yeah. So I always try to tell people, it's like, you know, get your financial team together and don't be afraid to let them talk, you know, because most of the time, you know, the, the CPA and attorney get together. We're not just going to sit on the phone and gab for an hour and then, you know, bill you for a couple hours and talk. We're going to get down to business, get it done and, and kind of move on. So I think it's really important for people to understand that, you know, let, let your financial team and your trusted advisors talk because it's important. Totally agree. And don't, you know, don't, don't get fixated on one particular solution, right? Be open to alternative. I mean, to take your example, somebody who wants to form an LLC. Well, you know, if you have three, four, five business partners, an LLC may not be the right answer. You may want to do a corporation. Right. And I'm really glad that, you know, the word of, hey, form an LLC, form an LLC, form an LLC is getting out there. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's in the plus side. That's a good thing. But with multiple parties, I mean, LLCs are flexible and a lot of flexibility if you have multiple people can be a bad thing. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Um, what are some of the, the challenges that you are facing now? Um, you know, it could be, you know, COVID, it could be, you know, whatever. But what, what is it that you see um, that's, that's challenging you right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I actually, it's, it's, it was great timing with COVID. I, uh, I, I launched my solo practice, um, in the beginning of February, 2020, right before everything locked down. And, um, <laughs> so it was, it was just the best timing imaginable. It was, it was, a, it was, it was a great year. Um, you know, so, so COVID was certainly a challenge, um, you know, but as of kind of early 2021, you know, everything started to kind of open back up and I feel like there's been a lot of pent up demand that has come forward. Um, now I would say the challenge is kind of figuring out what's going to be the new normal and what are we going to, I mean, you know, cause you know, everything was opening up and then Delta happened and, oh, well, are we, are we stopping? Are we starting? And then, okay, well, we're comfortable with Delta and then now Omicron is coming and well, are, are we stopping? Are we starting what? And I, I think there's some silver linings that are coming out of it, right? Like there's a lot of, uh, you know, doing meetings like this over Zoom has become a lot more commonplace. Uh, and I feel like that's a huge value add. Um, nonetheless, I still see a lot of people who want to meet in person and that's fine. I'm open to it. It's not an issue. Um, I would say the challenge for me is kind of figuring out you know, what are, what are things going to look like six months from now? Right. Um, and, and, and being able to plan for that long-term, uh, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men. Right. I mean, are you finding, you know, there in San Antonio, are you finding more um, people starting up small business um, because of being laid off or whatever's happened that, that more and more people are, are opening up the small business? Yeah, there was, I would say that there was a, 
a, a pretty solid wave of that towards the beginning of 2021, kind of end of 2020, sort of people who had been laid off and I guess took a couple of months to figure out, you know, what am I going to do with my life? And then, okay, well, I've had this idea sort of on the back burner and, you know, I really want to go for it. Um, that's, I, it's sort of normalized since then. I'd say we're sort of back to, I mean, it never really stopped, even in the middle of the pandemic. People were still, and I, 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 I take something very, uh, I take something very complimentary about the American spirit from that, that, you know, even the, even in the middle of lockdown and everything's remote and everybody's working from home and, you know, who knows what on earth is going to happen with the economy, um, that people were still going out and starting businesses and pursuing their dream. And I, there's something special about that. And so I, you know, not, not to get too Pollyanna, but I, I, I do take a lot of inspiration from that. Um, like I said, big wave of it. And I feel like we're kind of back to, uh, back to the normal quote unquote normal pace, at least with business formations. Um, I still see a lot of money sitting on the sidelines as far as investors, um, a lot of dry powder that's kind of started to unlock. Um, we've, we've seen a, a couple of, uh, professionals kind of, you know, doctors, vets, dentists, that kind of thing, selling practices the last few months. Um, that's been very common, uh, which I, I, again, I attribute that to people who were on the cusp of retiring anyway, and sort of had that decision made for them and said, you know what, COVID just forget it. You know, I'll, 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 I'll take the check and sell out. Um, nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, I am, I am cautiously hopeful about the state of the economy and the state of, uh, American entrepreneurship. Right. What, you know, if you could go back in time, what would you tell young Ryan who's first, when he's first getting in the law, what would you tell him? <laughs> um, a good question i haven't thought about that in a little while um all right i would say the biggest no no no, i got you i got you wanted to argue in high school (laughs) (laughs) i would say the biggest lesson um now is you never know where business is going to come from and cultivate cultivate every single relationship that you can even if it's not the kind of thing that you're thinking oh maybe this person can send me business just, you know, keep relationships alive to the maximum extent possible. Because I I have gotten some business and I have gotten some deals and I have gotten some clients from sources that I, I just made both of my eyebrows go way up. And I was like, I, that came from there? Like, are you kidding me? Um, and I'm super grateful and, you know, very, very glad that uh, I, I feel fortunate, but just not what I had expected at all. Right. Um, so I would say that's the, the lesson is that I, uh, you can't predict that. And that you, you know, even still, I, I, I don't know where business is going to come from. It just comes out of left field sometimes. Right. Right. What was the one piece of advice that somebody's given you in your professional career that has really stuck with you over time? I'd say my grandfather who told me just knock on more doors, mm-hmm. right? As you know, just 
keep going, keep going. Um, you know, if, 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 if something's difficult, put one foot in front of the other, keep going. Um, another way that that was said was, uh, I was working under a senior partner in New York and we had a massive deal. Um, and I'm sure a lot of y'all have heard this and he said, well, how do you eat an elephant? One piece at a time, right? You right. just one foot in front of the other, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, you know, if you, if you take time to step back and be overwhelmed by the whole thing, then you're going to be overwhelmed and that's not going to get you anywhere. It's just keep pushing. Yeah. I think that's good advice, especially, I mean, and that's in, in any industry, any job or, or life in general. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. you could definitely, you know, let everything overwhelm you. Um, but you know, like you're saying, you know, keep moving forward and, and you'll get through it. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Ryan, we've talked about quite a bit of stuff so far. Um, what have I not asked you that you wish I had? Um, I would say, what's the what's the biggest thing that most small businesses miss? Um, the biggest kind of gap in their armor, so to speak. Um, and my answer to that would be, use written contracts to do business. I cannot tell you the number of phone calls that I get where somebody had some kind of he said, she said deal. And I end up having to refer them out to go fight in court. And, you know, they end up writing a $10,000, $20,000 retainer. If you have a written contract that is reasonably well drafted and you spend a few hours with an attorney on and you can use that thing 500 times, you can use it over and over and over, just develop a good boilerplate contract. Um, I can save you so much money. It's, it's just, a, um, and a lot of people think that, oh, you know, handshake deals are fine. Or oh, I use this form from some place that I found on Google and it'll be good enough. And, you know, sometimes it is, but you're really rolling the dice. Right. Right. I, I think that's, I think that's good advice because those contracts that they pull offline or, or whatever, or, or the handshake deal, you know, they, they're great when they work. Mm -hmm. But if they ever get challenged, then they're probably not going to work. And, and you do, you pay more, you know, on the backside than you would if you got it done right in the front. Right. And the downside can be significant. I mean, you could be looking at the other thing. If you go to court, there's no guarantee that you're going to win. Right. So you could end up writing a, a really big check to your attorney and you still have to pay the other side. I mean, it, it can, it can be literally business destroying. Right. So Ryan, if, if our listeners like what they hear and they would like to talk to you, how can they reach out to you? So you can go to my website, which is www.ryanreifert.com, uh, or you can go on uh, virtually all of my social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of that. It's all Law Reifert, and it's L-A-W-R-E-I-F-F-E-R-T. Uh, and I also have a YouTube channel. So any of, uh, any of the above, you feel free to ask me any questions or, you know, just tell me if you think I'm great or what have you. Um, but with the, with the caveat that any information you provide me on there is not attorney client confidential until we execute an engagement letter. So don't send me an email that says, Hey, here's all of my confidential secret legal problems. Uh, you know, please tell me, um, you know, just reach out first and make sure I have a chance to run conflicts. Right. Sounds great. Well, we really appreciate your time today and, and everything that you've talked to us about. Thank you for having me, Gary. Really appreciate it. Great.
So today our guest was uh, Ryan Reifert with the Law Office of Ryan Reifert, PLLC. See you next week. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.